I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Ooh, the lolly! Hello, listeners. <laughs> if you haven't guessed, we are doing 1973's Robin Hood. My very, very favorite Disney film. We are now, yes, we've covered my two favorites, and now this is Ryan's favorite. Two f- oh, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. And- I have some others that are up there. I think Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, I have some others that I absolutely love, but like if you were to ask me my favorite movies, it's yes. Mary Poppins and Sleeping Beauty, and I feel like for you it's Robin Hood. I don't think I, you say any others. So, I I I've been have been thinking about why it's my favorite a lot, and I think I was exposed to it a lot as a kid because one of the the facts we'll find is it is Disney's first VHS classic correct stole it right i know right but from my notes right well we both looked at the same thing um, yes it was the um first vhs in the walt disney classics line so i think that might be how i saw it because we talked about on aristocats how i knew the stuff with napoleon and lafayette from them creating shorts with them on dtv but mm-hmm. i on disney channel but i remember watching this one like start to finish a lot. So I'm thinking that we may have had it on VHS. Maybe yeah. we recorded it off. That's a lot of how I grew up because we talk about like movies I see that I, I get confused when the commercials aren't in the spots yes. that I remember them uh-huh. from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I think that's the reason I like it. Um, I just got done editing the Aristocats episode and I talk about some stuff in the Aristocats that I'm wondering if I noticed it in that, if I'm going to start to be a little more critical in, in it this time. I think I'll still love it as much the same, but I think maybe objectively, it's not as quote unquote good as I remember, but we're going to find out. Well, and I didn't, I was a little nervous to tell you the Rotten Tomatoes score. Right. It's 54%. Really? Yeah, which I don't agree with. And listeners, my background of this movie is I had never seen it until what, six months ago, eight months ago? It got lower than the Aristocats? Mm-hmm. I think I'd have to look back in my notes for Aristocat. I think this one takes a lot of guff or a lot of lot of you know bad. Vi- I don't know what the word is. I, the word is, but we're gonna have to delete that. But uh, it takes a lot of crap because there's a lot of redone animation, and I was. I've got some facts on that yeah. as well. But well, let's, let's start with yes. the synopsis, and we'll kind of dive into that. But. Um, The synopsis is very short. The story of the legendary outlaw is portrayed with the characters as humanoid animals. I think Mm -hmm. it's a terrible synopsis, but uh, that's Wait, that's the whole thing? That's it. Um, (laughs) Top three movies that year are The Exorcist, The Sting, and American Graffiti. I know you've seen The Sting with me. I love The Sting. mm -hmm. And just as always, to put in perspective, number nine that year is Live and Let Die, Roger Moore's first outing as James Bond as I slowly turn this into a James Bond podcast. Well, also, that song was nominated in the group of best songs, Mm. and that's where Robin Hood was nominated. It did not win. It was nominated for Best Music Original Song for the song Love. Really? Yeah, That's I like found my that, least yeah, favorite song. Yeah, I found song. it interesting that that was the song that was nominated, but the winner was The Way We Were. 
I don't so, know that one. Uh, it's the movie The Way We Were. It's Barbara Streisand. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so that one. And the other thing I found interesting is it premiered at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. Yes, I so saw that So I thought that, that was really cool. Uh, so I have uh, facts. Do you want me to just dive into facts or? Well, why do you think it's a 54? I don't know because the only, I guess going back to what I said earlier, I've only seen this once and I was an adult when I saw it. This one fell through the cracks for me like Aristocats, so I had never seen it, and it was Ryan's favorite. I think it was longer than eight months ago because we've been in the pandemic for like seven months. So yes, I think it was. Maybe it, a year ago It was or funny more. because I think watching this was somewhat of the impetus of this podcast. Maybe not specifically, but I think it was. We watched it, and then I started talking about ones I hadn't seen, and then you yeah. started talking about ones you hadn't seen. I'm like, well, we should. this is what we should do. And, and I then, remember enjoying it when we watched it together, but... Again, it was the first time I'd ever seen it, so I'm excited to go back and watch it again today. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me that it got such a low score. I think it's a very uh, relatable story. It's a story that everyone knows a version of Robin Hood, so I do find it interesting that it didn't get a higher score just because of that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, sometimes I'm surprised at the Rotten Tomatoes scores. I also, like, I understand it being lower. Like, I, I understand yeah. it not being, like, like, I see it through, you know, nostalgia mm -hmm. and that, but I still think it's better than a fifty-four. That is going to bother me all day. How I knew, in, in defense I knew of it, Robin Hood, no, I knew um, it. I knew it was going to bother you at least for a little bit. This is um, also we've yeah, talked Aristocats about. Yeah, Aristocats was sixty-four percent. Yeah, see, that's nuts to me because Aristocats. I'm sorry, I, we just edited it, and you don't need to hear more about how I don't like the Aristocats. But it, <laughs> it no, um, I. Uh, I just is also the movie that 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 uh, started this weird sexual awakening i think with people <laughs> where they all decided "Ooh, that's a handsome looking fox like yeah. i don't know like why that happened I, I saw i was watching a video where they said uh depending on when you were born you were either attracted to robin hood or jason bateman's character from zootopia but there's always oh, a disney fox you have to be att yeah. attracted to uh so i have a couple just interesting facts here. So I'll share them and then I guess you can kind of talk mm -hmm. off of them as well. Uh, apparently, Friar Talk was supposed to be a pig. Yes. But it was changed to a badger because they didn't want to insult religion, like religious yes. views and things like that. So I found that kind of interesting. Uh, and that they thought through that process. Uh, and then I have a lot on Prince John's infantile behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever someone mentions his mother... It is a reference to the real King John, the Fool of England, and his brother, King Richard, the Lionheart, uh, because he went to fight in the Crusades and came back and foiled uh, King John's plan. He wanted to take over, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so when he came back from the Crusades, um, you know, King Richard took over reign, but then when he passes away, then King John... King John actually, gets... Yeah. He passes away without an heir, so King John gets it anyway. Yeah. There's some kind of bummer information about the real historical yeah. thing. There was a whole thing I read about how Prince John didn't actually tax them any more than I anybody else. I read that else. as well. Yeah. Because so I have I have like the whole specific on that, I think. Uh, yeah. In real life, Prince John was less popular but did not tax the English more heavily than his brother had. King Richard's reign increased taxes significantly to fund military campaigns, especially for the Third Crusade. Mm -hmm. However, he was more popular due to his military victories. So, yeah, I found that really interesting as well. Um, also, John, Prince John was the favored 
favorite son and heavily spoiled by yes. their father, by King Henry II. So I also found that interesting uh, because I would have just imagined it would have been the other way around. I bet you saw this too, but I liked the bit where they talk about how they animate, they, they drew Prince John without a mane to signify that he was kind of the younger, the, the oh, less no, I didn't mature. That. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's if you notice, he's a lion without a mane. Yeah, I never really put that together. That is interesting. Uh, and I don't, I didn't look up a ton of the original story of Robin Hood. I don't know if you did. Well, there's some interesting stuff related to this. I mean, I've seen, I don't know, 800 Robin Hood yeah, variants. There's so many I love Prince of, of Thieves. It's, mm-hmm. again, a very flawed movie, but there's so many parts of it that I really. Uh, enjoyed including the one f bomb they dropped. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I've only seen that movie. All maybe right, skip once forward a few seconds, uh, parents. But it's the part where uh, they f- will Scarlet. They put him on the catapult and throw him over the wall. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> and yes. Christian, uh, Christian, not Christian Bale. Christian Slater goes, oh fuck <laughs> me! They cleared it. <laughs> it's like my favorite part in the whole movie. Um, uh, I my favorite Robin Hood rendition is Robin Hood Men in Tights. I love that. Right, which is making fun of yes. a lot of yeah, Prince of, of Thieves. Prince of that Thieves. one's that one's pretty good. Um, I've also seen, of course, they do a lot of Robin Hood stuff, as we talked about in uh, Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. where Robin Hood ends up falling in love with the evil queen, and mm. that's part of her redemption story. Yeah. Uh, Listeners, I would love uh, for you to send us what your yeah. favorite Robin Hood is. Uh, we have gotten emails. We are doing a mailbag episode in the future. So send us an email. Put it on the Facebook page. Like We'd love to see what Absolutely. Robin Hood is your favorite. One thing I thought was interesting going back to the original story and this one. So at the beginning where Robin Hood and Little John are walking through the forest yeah. and they're uh, just hanging out, there's a part where they get to a log across uh, a river mm-hmm. and they both kind of do like, you go, you go first, first no, you go yeah. first. Now, do you know what that is? So I read it, but remind right. me, I didn't write it down. In the original story, it's Robin's trying to cross the river, and that's how he meets Little John and the Merry Men, mm-hmm. is Little John is like, you have to pay me if you want to cross this, that's and they have a quarterstaff yes. fight. So mm-hmm. it's kind of diverting that story and kind of yeah. getting us into the their best friends at the beginning of this. And going back, this is Phil Harris number three as Little John, and I love, I forgot the name, Brian Bedford sounds right, as as... Robin Hood, but just they're such good friends from minute go, and there's yeah so many parts where it's it's such a good uh, platonic love, mm-hmm. like they they definitely love each other, but they're, they're as best friends. Yeah. I, it's so good. Well, and I wanted to say something else about uh, Prince John. So uh, for anybody who's following our Facebook page, uh, a day or two ago, I did an unboxing of all the mm. Disney art books, and so I am going to be pulling. By the way, a day or two ago, by the time this comes out, is almost a month. So. Oh well, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so the Disney unboxing video is on the Facebook page and our Instagram if you haven't seen it. Uh, but in the villain book, they cover each villain from the Wicked Queen and Snow White through Aladdin, and there's all of this information on their animation and their backstory and how they felt about them. So I'm going to be trying with each villain to pull out at least one quote from the mm-hmm. book uh, that resonated with me as we talk about each villain. So with Prince John, this is kind of what I read that I found interesting. They said that in what's different in this movie is the villains are actually the victims, and the supposed victim is a classic hero, so the usual roles are reversed. The villains were funny while Robin Hood was the mastermind, and they said, try as we could, Robin Hood never seemed to be in any real danger. So I found that interesting when you think about it from that point of view, that the roles were reversed. 
Hmm. A lot of times, you know, the princess is the damsel in distress, you know, for lack of a better phrase. Or, you know, the quote unquote victims are the heroes and then they overcome something, right? Whereas this... Robin Hood is always clever. Robin Hood is always smart. He's always outsmarting them, and the roles are kind of reversed. And I think that that was a challenge for the animators, and that's why you have three different villains. That's why you don't only have Prince John. You've got Sheriff of Nottingham, and you've got Sir Hiss, and they say all three of them are villains in the villain book. They, like, definitively... I'm, I'm going to on, I'm gonna push back on Sir Hiss. I can, I mean, I'll pull out the book for you later. We don't but, have to do it right now. But as to why they include him as a villain and specifically why they gave him the character they did. They go into that mm-hmm. because he needed to balance Prince John and Sheriff of Nottingham. And that's well, why his personality is there. But it sounds like you don't want to include him as a I, villain. I, I worry that it sets a precedent for like Flotsam and Jetsam or, and other like side characters that i mean i think king hiss has more of a role than flotsam and jetsam but i don't know we'll talk about it during the break and we'll you guys yeah i'll pull out the villain book just to show you what they talked about to see if that sways your opinion and if it doesn't Mm -hmm. i don't feel strongly one way or the other but i do think i think that they had a rhyme and a reason to consider the three of them as villains i also don't don't think i think i don't want to overlook that right but i still think like flotsam and jessam are villains from a standpoint of anyone outside but maybe not by what we we this podcast usually considers a villain fair enough so um i i've got a bunch of other little facts but i think we can just do them during it do you have anything else that we have a couple other things i'd like to share i've got a couple just interesting fairy tale facts and then three things to look out for when you're watching the movie okay so uh, this was the first Disney animated studios film to not feature humans since Bambi. Yes. So that I found interesting. Uh, made Marion's voice, Monica Evans and uh, Carol Shelley, I think. Lady Cluck. His Lady Cluck were the two voices of the geese. We may have mentioned that in Aristocats, but they were the geese in Aristocats. So also, I wanted to mention that here. a little cross promotion. Lady Cluck, uh, what was her name again? Carol Carol Shelley. Carol Shelley appeared in the uh, Frasier episode, Merry Christmas, Miss Mouskowitz, which is oh. one of my favorite Frasier episodes. If you want to know more about Frasier episodes I enjoy, check out Craniacs. <laughs> it's C-R-A-N- a C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S. <laughs> uh, another kind of fairy tale fact here is it is the final Disney film composed by George Bruns, who yes. I believe he started doing music for Sleeping Beauty, where I infamously called him George Burns. Uh, but he, uh, he's, I think he did every movie from Sleeping Beauty until now. And I don't know if you've said this on other podcasts, but I feel like every podcast since then, every episode since then, you've gone, as soon as we end, you're like, oh, I forgot to retract my George Burns statement. I know, yeah. So hopefully I've done it here. Um, music in this one plays such a huge part on so many levels. Number one, and we'll go into this more, Alan Adale played by Roger Miller king of the road narrator yes right yes very much one of my just a very soothing voice to me Mm -hmm. and he you know gets my favorite song in the whole thing the yeah the oodle lolly song yes oh can we tell that story i don't know if we've told it on the podcast i don't think we have the the trader joe's parking lot yeah go ahead i mean i it was basically we were just walking and and somebody's we were walking we had just bought groceries from trader joe's so we were in the parking lot going back to the car and it was a trader joe's employee and they're leaving from work and their phone went off and they looked at it hung it up but it went it did the and it wasn't super fast like the hamster dance do you remember the hamster dance yes 
the hamster dance is this song, but sped yeah. up. It felt like Robin Hood. And I turned around and Tara was kind of looking at me, look at this woman, and I just go, Oodalali! And <laughs> she goes, and thank God she like knew what I was talking about. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I forgot what she said. I think just, she said Oodalali back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it was a really fun moment of you guys to like bond over something that was her cell phone ring, because obviously Robin Hood must have a... A soft spot in her heart. Well, right? it was also it's funny because cell phone ringtone. You just turned around and saw me yell "Ooda Lolly." I also a had not seen the movie at that point, so yeah, I didn't really get it at all. So, and then you had to explain it, but yeah, it's it's a cool story. Uh, so we talked earlier about the recycling of animation, mm-hmm. and I wanted to read this because I found this interesting. Is that? Uh, Typically, people think that recycling animation is to save money and time. And we've said that a lot on this podcast, that we've assumed that that was why they did that. And supposedly, for this movie in particular, uh, they said typically that's true. But in this movie, the director who was Wolfgang... Reiterson. Wooly. Yeah. Reitherman? Reiterman. Reiterman. Yeah, Yeah. Reiterman. He made the decision because he wanted to use stuff he knew would work. So mm-hmm. he wanted to use animation that had been used before because he knew it worked well. And so in reality, it can be harder and take longer to redraw an existing sequence. So I just thought that that was interesting for those of us who maybe aren't animators or haven't thought of it in that way. I always thought it was to save time and money, and typically that is the case. But sometimes when you're redrawing these sequences... It can take longer and be more expensive than if you just came up with something different. And we I guess. talked we talked about this a bit with uh, specifically this movie with um, Michael in the 101 Dalmatians. We mm-hmm. talked about you know this is cutting cor- not cutting corners, but it is uh, pr- production cost budgeting. Yeah, but that's what keeps Disney alive. That's what ke- gets the movie out the door. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a producer, so I feel like that's kind of his worldview yeah but yeah this is the kind of stuff that gets the movie this movie doesn't exist without a cheaper budget yeah so So i found that interesting as well um some things to look out for is maid marian's dance with the forest animals in phony king of england is the same as snow white oh i have i will post this video that sits there and it plays all of phony king of england and next to it whenever it's a shared animation it pops up with that animation that's cool because yeah she apparently also shares dance moves from duchess and from duchess there's a lot of blue covering that when 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 little john is dancing with lady cluck that's blue and and king louis there's a lot of that stuff and then there's a whole scene where yeah where you said it already we're made marion's dancing with everybody and that's those are the dwarfs but it's just funny because it's like oh she's dancing with three shorter characters it's like yeah because it was doc bashful and happy or whatever uh, the other thing to look out for, we mentioned this in Aristocats, is Scat Cat appears in the film. I don't know when he appears. So I saw it, and I think the thing there is it's shared animation from Scat Cat because it I doesn't see. look like Scat Cat. It's, okay. it's a, I think it's a white cat instead oh, of a black okay. cat. So, but I'll point it out. Excuse me, when it comes up because there's also a dog playing lute, and he looks a lot like the hippie British cat from mm. the the Stray Cats. Uh, that whole, I'll, I'll post that video. That video is. You know, I, I, it's funny because I think it's put up there to be like, look how they cheated. And it's like, get over yourself. I don't like, think they <laughs> cheated. I think yeah. they, yeah. And I think going back to Wolfie's, if it worked, like, why not use it again and use it mm-hmm. with different characters? Like, there's something to be said about that 
Yeah, they, no, I agree. They did something, they created something that worked, like, reuse it when you can. Listen, I believe my quote in the Aristocats episode was, you will never hear me say a poor word about Robin Hood, so... Yeah. Uh, the last thing to look out for is during the tournament, uh, the archery tournament, pies are being sold for two pence. Yes. And the sign above reads tuppence, which refers to Mary Poppins, so I'm excited to look out for that as well. This one's also 83 minutes, which is maybe one of the reasons it got dinged, is because it's one of the longer ones for a it while. Is, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, more is better for me. I love it. Uh, you got anything else for this one? Are we ready to... No, I think we're ready to, uh... To take it out of the clamshell. The first one we take out of the clamshell. I don't know if it was actually a clamshell in its first run, but yeah. We'll have to look that up. All right, listeners, we'll see you on the other side. We are back, and we have discussed uh, the villains, I think, in depth detail, and have come to the agreement that it should be the sheriff and Prince John, I think. I'm still also iffy on the sheriff, but I think we're good to go, because I think one of the big reasons we said was, or I said was, he's the final fight. Uh, Yeah, and I think he has enough agency on his own, even though he's following Prince John's orders to collect taxes. He kind of goes above and beyond, Mm -hmm. Uh, and... Even though I read into what the animators wanted for Hiss, he does feel very sidekicky for the most part because yeah. he's really just following orders the whole time. But we'll get to that later. Let's just how did how did you like it watching it again? I know it's you I enjoyed it? it. I mean, this is probably one of the most recent ones that I've seen mm-hmm. out of the series before we started doing the podcast. This and Moana, or I think. Yeah, the ones you now watched. I'm now I'm trying to not watch Disney stuff so I can wait to watch it on the podcast. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't have a nostalgia connection to it like you do, a nostalgic connection, but I enjoyed it. Watching it again, I think I understand some criticism of it. I don't, I still don't think it's a 54, but I, and, and that number is going to haunt me to my grave. <laughs> but, uh, like there's stuff like the, the, you know, I, I think now I officially like little John less than Baloo. Baloo has an arc. Baloo has a place to go. He learned something. Little John is, the heroes in this are just generally like, everything well, works out for well, us. Well, and that's kind of what I said when they were talking about yeah. the villains, is with the roles being reversed, the challenge was Robin Hood was always smart, was always clever, you know, so it was kind of hard because the roles were very reversed. I also, yeah. The typical storyline, and I don't know. Well, I also think, I mean, I, I don't think it needed to have an arc, like, the Aristocrats, the Aristocats didn't have an arc, but to me it was not an interesting story. This was like hopeful and very much about like the 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 town. Like Robin was the method in which the society of Nottingham had an arc and got better. Well, came that's out how of they its, thrived, yeah. right? Yeah. So like Robin was the means of that. So his character wasn't super like didn't have to be you know super deep yeah and i i think that's good especially like not to date this or anything like things that are going on now it's nice to watch something where it's like the 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 town starts here and society gets better and it overcomes a tyrant and it it uh you know defeats the bad guys and 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 the uh, and there's it ends in a good place Mm -hmm. i just like it i think it's delightful i laugh pretty much the entire time 
Prince John is on screen. Like it, it's yeah. good. So let's we'll let's do it, man. Yeah. yeah. So it opens up. The opening credit sequence is actually pretty different from a lot of what we've seen. So it opens on the storybook, and I was like, "Oh, this is a short credit sequence because it doesn't have any real credits there." And you, focus, we, we've already hit the storybook, yeah. Yeah, you focus on the rooster, which is Alan Dale, and he's the narrator of the story. And as he starts whistling, he's inter- you're introduced to each character. So the opening sequence kind of comes back in after you meet Allendale and he introduces you to each character. And so each character is animated. And not only does it give the name of the character, it gives their animal name, I think, as well. Their I think bear, that's interesting, their, yeah. Their fox or whatever. And then it gives the voice actor's name. So I thought it was a really interesting way to present the credit sequence. And it's a very different way of presenting the credit. Watching these credits, I can already start feeling, like I was saying, some more criticism for this. Because this seems like one of the more simpler uh, credit scenes. Like, it's it's complex, like you said there doing everybody's everybody's name and then like what animal they are but they're also just sh- little scenes that you're going to see in the picture mm-hmm. which i mean i don't know i guess we're that's reused animation but like even like an untrained eye goes i'm gonna i've seen this if you've seen this movie more than once you know it's it's a it's a specific shot but if you haven't seen the movie it's introducing you to the characters i think in a unique way because it's pulling right from the film yeah yeah, it kind of depends how you're looking at it. The other thing that seemed kind of cheap to me is it's definitely digital they're using for the uh, credits, and it's not hand-drawn or animated yeah. or anything. So uh, we then get into back to the storybook and Once Upon a Time, and we see that Alan Adele introduces himself as a folk singer and that he, I think I mentioned this, but he's going to be our narrator. Yes, he says, I'm a minstrel, and then he explains, that's like an old fat. They, they, it's an interesting movie in that, it's old, but they're trying to make it feel modern. Yeah. And did you know, and, and one of the reasons that there's so many Western actors as voices in this is because it was originally, there was an idea they were going to set it in the old West. I think I came upon that at some point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I found that interesting as well. And so it opens with us seeing Robin Hood and Little John crossing a log, which is what Ryan mentioned earlier, and they fall into the water. And then the song that Alan Adele sings narrates this whole next scene. So Nottingham starts chasing him uh, with all of his kind of, I guess, minions. I don't know what you'd well, call them. So two things. That, well, one thing I want to bring up, they're all wolves. I think they're all supposed to be wolves. Oh, okay. But he is drawn like a fat wolf. And yeah. it's so interesting because he looks very similar to Little John's body shape. The other thing I want to bring up is every single time you say Robin Hood, Little John, my head goes, rocking through the floor. Like it goes to the next line of the song. (laughs) So uh, this is then when we kind of see a little bit into what Little John thinks of what they're doing. And he's saying Rob. And I love that he his nickname is Rob. He's always calling him Rob. He's like, you're taking too many chances. And, you know, are we good guys or are we bad guys? And so Robin Hood brings it from the perspective as we're not robbing, we're borrowing. And so that kind of... (laughs) Boy, are we in a lot of debt. (laughs) Yeah, Little John kind of um, is okay with it. He easily kind of agrees with Robin Hood at this point. And then the next sequence we see is the animals marching. And so it's the parade of animals that are with uh, Prince John's carriage. And I love all these animals from the rhinos to the elephants. Like, they're all... Pachyderms. Yeah, but they're all drawn really interesting, like each of their characters, like each species of animal is like carries themselves differently, which I think is really cool. It's interesting because thinking back on it now, it does feel like the um, 
Prince John is all jungle animals and the Nottingham characters are all like critters, mm, like woodland yeah, critters. Forest animals, yeah. things like that. Yeah, that's true. And so we come upon Prince John with Sir Hiss and he's loving his money and he's counting his money and he has a very famous phrase. Beautiful, lovely taxes. Ryan loves to quote that one. So then we see that the chest has six locks on it and that's when Little John says, you know, or not Little John. I'm going to confuse Little, Little John, John and Prince John, John at some point. I, st- I don't know yeah, why I never hard. realized they were both Johns yeah. until this. Uh, but his quote is, we rob the poor to feed the rich. So I like this bit because it kind of mirrors what Little John and Robin Hood, they're, they're kind of talking about their motivation for what they do. Mm-hmm. And so this is Prince John's and he kind of makes light of it that they're robbing from the poor so they can feed the rich. So Peter Ustinov was an Oscar winner uh, and is the second Disney voice to be an Oscar winner. The first being George Sanders' Sheer Khan. Oh, okay. I, I think they both add a very, you know, we talked Jungle Book episode about how much we love Shere Khan's voice. Mm-hmm. I think they both add a gravitas to their characters, and it's interesting with Prince John because Prince John is such a fool. Yeah, and they're both British characters, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I just commanding think, voices. Yes, yes, very much mm-hmm. so, and uh, very refined. I think that's what's interesting yeah. with Prince John is he's very refined. And the other thing I wanted to bring up, um. I have a very specific memory of like the first time we went to Disney World when I was a kid, and I, I don't remember much about the trip, but I very much can remember uh, getting King John's, Prince John's. Why? I never had this trouble, and now I know this, it's me. Uh, I've done it to you. Getting Prince John's autograph, and like him getting down on one knee and writing it, and I'm sure I have it somewhere, or I did. I may have got rid of it. Um, and I that's interesting because. A video I found that I have already where we recording this weeks before it came out, but I have put it as a uh, scheduled post on the Facebook page is a 1976 training video. If you wanted to be a walk around character at Disney World as Robin Hood, Little John, or Prince John. Mm -hmm. And well, I guess at this point it would be Disneyland, right? Oh, 76. I don't know. I'm going to look it up while you keep talking. Um, So. It's just funny because, you know, it's it's interesting to watch. And I know we have a few people on our group that are have been characters, so it'll be interesting for you guys. But uh, there's a part where they're talking about, like, hey, be careful around kids. Kids can cry. Kids can do this. And sometimes they can just give you a, a delightful punch. I was mistaken. 1965. Is Disney World? I think. Well, it says Di- Walt Disney World Resort was founded in 1965. Maybe that that's not means, when it's No, opened. I think it opened in the 7... No, because... Maybe okay. because when Epcot... did Walt Disney World open to the public? 1971. Okay, yeah. So it was founded in 65. It opened in 1971. Right. So, so it was open by the time... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it goes to these... It says, you know, be careful, kids can cry. But also sometimes you can get a little punch from a kid. And this... It's been showing these young children, and then the the one they use for the punch demonstration, I swear to God, is 14, and just socks <laughs> little John in the stomach, like, as hard as he can. And little John's like, oh, goodness. Like, and I just, the whole thing's pretty delightful. Just, I, li- I like old training videos, but this is just fun. Well, and I would love to put a call out to listeners, uh, not only uh, two different things. One, if you have a picture with some of the characters we've talked about, I know I have one with me from like age five with Prince John, so I'll post it. 
to kind of encourage us to post pictures with characters. But I would love to see uh, if you have any photos of the characters we've talked to up to this point. That would be really fun. As well as those of you who were characters, I'd love to hear, like, what is your weirdest moment, your funniest moment? Like, what are your, you know, your top memorable interactions uh, with the public or just, like, while you played Mm -hmm. that character? That would be kind of fun to know about. Uh, But as we're getting back to the film... When we are seeing this sequence of Prince John in his carriage, he's trying on his crown. And I love that the crown's too big for his head because it's his brother's. It's Richard's crown. Well, I also love when he does the bit with his ears and his ears move independent of anything else and go boop and like stretch out and he puts them on his ears. And Sir Hiss, this is the first of many moments where he's trying to boost his ego a little bit and pump him up. And, you know, he says... It was your idea. I hypnotized him to go to the Crusades. And that's when we made the correlation. Do, yeah. Do all Disney snakes hypnotize people? And I'm actually curious to look up if that well, was Jafar's a misnomer. Well, staff is a, is a snake. And that is hypnotizing But I've never well. heard of it the other way. The only way I've heard of it is the the snake charmers hypnotize snakes to... I, I don't know. I, I just... I don't recall this being something. And I'm well, I want to look back and see if... You know, we looked up, are, my, are elephants really afraid of mice? And the answer yeah. is probably not. They're more afraid of, like, they don't have good eyesight. And if they see something move, it freaks them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to know if this is a misnomer about snakes. snakes and, yeah. and I was waiting for that to come up again. It's There's some of this that definitely makes this feel like the sequel to The Jungle Book. Yeah, like, in an unofficial way. Yeah, because yeah. they never bring up hypnotizing again. He never does it again. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's definitely, it's I feel it's definitely a spiritual sequel to The Jungle Book in many ways. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You know, he starts getting upset and says, Mother always liked Richard best. And this is where we first see him suck his thumb. And his tries to hypnotize him here in this moment. And this is when he calls him a silly serpent. And I have written down a lot of the, is it alliteration? Yes. I've written down a lot of the alliteration insults. It's easy for you to say. Yeah. (laughs) Alliteration insults that Prince John gives him because there are a lot of them. But this one is the first time you hear it. He calls him a silly serpent. And I love that when Hiss pouts in the basket, it looks like he has elbows. Yes. Like he becomes a little bit more human formed there. But then it cuts to uh, I'm going to just say John and Robin Hood, I think, because otherwise I'm going to keep switching them. It cuts to Little John and Robin Hood dressed as women, and they're running to catch Prince John and the carriage. And uh, They're dressed as fortune tellers. Yes, and he says, catch the dope with your horoscope, is one of the yeah. phrases. And uh, Hiss warns him. He's like, you know, they may well, be bandits. Well, we talked, I want to bring this up, though. We talked about this in Jungle Book, that Robin Hood is like, I'm a fortune teller. Yeah, he changes. Anytime Robin Hood is a character, like, disguising himself, he disguises his physical body as well as his voice. Well, he's got three. He's the blind the fortune man. teller, the blind man, and the stork. Yeah, and they're all different voices, and they all look very different from one another. But Phil Harris, uh, but Little John never changes his voice. No, his voice is always just Little John. Voice. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, then they ask permission to kiss the royal hands. And this is where they kiss his hands that have, I think, three rings on each hand. And they suck the gems out. And I love that um, when Little John smiles, all the gems are in his teeth. Yeah. And Hiss sees it. And he tries to warn Prince John. And Prince John's just like, oh, be quiet. And like he, ties him in a knot. He keeps tickling his ear with yeah. his tongue. He's like, 
Thaya, Thaya. Yeah, and he keeps, and, it, and he's just bothering. He can't be bothered with him. Essentially, Prince John. This, uh, this uh, hiss was designed after his voice actor uh, Terry Terry Thomas Terry Thomas, who uh, has a gap in his front mm. teeth in real life. And if you've ever seen him, he he was in a Mad 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 World and How to Murder Your Wife. Uh, and he's just kind of a funny, weird British comedic actor. But I'll, yeah. we'll post a picture of him because he looks like Ka in a lot That's of ways. Great. And not Ka. His. Oh, sorry, his. But it's easy to mistake. But yeah. So uh, then we see these fireflies in an orb. And essentially, uh, it's little John on a fishing line bringing it into the carriage. And uh, Robin Hood is asking Prince John to gaze into the crystal ball. And, you know, a face appears. This becomes Robin Hood stroking Prince John's ego mm-hmm. when he's like, look into the crystal ball. And as Robin Hood is doing that, he tries to go for the bag of money, the sack of coins, and his like slaps his hand mm-hmm. away. And when Robin sees that, he eventually gets it and passes it out to Little John and then sees Little John sees the solid gold hubcaps. And I love that he like shimmies them off like he shakes like with his hands behind him to get the gold hubcaps. I off. have a question. Where do the hubcaps go after he does that? I don't know. Everything can, gets stuffed into his outfit. So they I, go can, somewhere. When I was a kid, I assumed he put them on his butt cheeks because then later when he he steals, he drills a hole in the bottom of the chest. He catches all the gold in his blouse. Yeah. So it becomes more of his bosom. And then the rhino is like obviously looking at his butt. The rhino whistles. The rhino cat Yeah, calls that's right. Him. The yeah. rhino whistles at him. I, uh, I literally thought it was because he put the hubcaps like and there made and made his more, butt bigger. Yeah. And that's why the rhino was like, I think I think that's a great reason. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's the case, but I like that idea. Uh, so Robin comes running out of the carriage with Prince John's robe on. Yeah. And you think Little John has done such a good job. Robin Hood has charmed the, the prince out of his clothes. Out of his clothing <laughs> to where he's in Long John's. And he's like, I've been robbed. And so the carriage starts to chase Robin Hood and Little John. And then the wheels come off because he took the hubcap. So it's like this whole physical sequence to watch. Uh, and it ends up that Prince John and Hiss are in the mud. And Hiss is very much like, I told you so. Yes. Like, I told you this was going to happen. And he smashes the mirror on Hiss. And he's like, you broke your mother's mirror. And then he starts getting really upset again. I've got it... a dirty thumb. Yeah. <laughs> so then it cuts back to Alan Adale with the poster of Robin Hood. And I noticed this, that the first Wanted poster, I think he's Wanted for a thousand. And later on, we'll see another poster in Maid Marian's room that she's like fawning over and it's 10,000. So I like that the, the Wanted posters go up in price as the movie goes on. And this is when we're introduced to Sheriff Nottingham. He's walking through Nottingham. He's walking through uh, Nottingham and he sees Friar Tuck go into Otto the uh, blacksmith. That's right. That's right. And then he's Otto has a broken foot. And then they know the sheriff's coming. Oh, the sheriff goes, re- knocks on the door. He's like, ready or not, here I come. Because he's got that real... Yeah, and Otto's got the busted leg. He, he, he you know, the... the, the uh, Friar Tuck is like, well, have a heart, Sheriff, you know, and pulls out a chair for Otto, and Otto goes over on his crutches, and every time he hits his cast, you it's hear... It's jingling, yeah. yeah. You hear and, the money jingling. And the, the Sheriff... It's a good scene to realize you can't get one over on the Sheriff, because the rest of the movie is always him finding the money, finding no matter what. Finding the money wherever it is. Because I think later yeah. you said, why doesn't anybody do a better job of hiding it? It's like, 
I don't think you have a chance versus the well, sheriff. Well, a lot of times they just put it in the poor box. And I'm like, don't put it there. Like, that's well, the first place he's going to look for yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. But... I also didn't know he was coming, so. In this instance, yeah. Well, in the poor box, they didn't oh, know either. yeah. So then it cuts to the rabbit family. And the sheriff shows up there. And they're celebrating Skippy's birthday. Yes. And so they're all singing happy birthday. There are like 28 children. Yeah. They're all singing happy birthday. And the sheriff wonders what's in his birthday box. And he's like, oh, it's my birthday. And he opens it and it's one coin. Yeah. Uh, in the birthday box. And the sheriff. Oh, boy. Takes a it. whole farthing. And yeah. then the sheriff takes it. And the sheriff takes it. And the rabbit cries. And then this is when we first see Robin Hood as the blind man. And he appears several different times. And so he comes in begging. And I love the bit where the sheriff puts one coin in and makes the coin bounce so like five coins come out of, of the, his little of the begging cup. cup. So he yeah. winds up stealing from the beggar. One thing I wanted to say is this, this this idea of Robin Hood always being in disguise I think is very much a part of the legend. Mm-hmm. I remember there being a very... In, in Prince of Thieves, he sneaks in as a leper. But he always oh. does... He always hides as people you don't notice. Yeah, or people or you, you want to avoid twice at. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, after the sheriff leaves, the girl rabbit uh, realizes, I think she's one of the first to realize it's Robin Hood or he takes off his disguise. He take, he's like, happy birthday. She's like, oh, that Robin yeah, Hood. Yeah, so handsome like his reward poster. <laughs> and Robin Hood gives Skippy a bow and arrow and his hat. And then he gives his mom a sack of money. So it's a very, you know, it's the first time we see it not just being like they enjoy stealing money. It's them. That's the, they, we've seen the rob from the rich. This is the give to the poor moment. And he's very endearing and so sweet with the kids. Like he's very kind to the kids, yeah. I think. He's and great. He's wonderful. He, he's wonderful and he just remains wonderful. Yeah. And so now we see the kids running and playing. And I love Toby the turtle. I love Toby so much. <laughs> he's great. But Skippy we see and his siblings. And so they're all running around and Skippy shoots an arrow up into the castle. And they're like, oh no, you shot it into Prince John's backyard. And Prince John's going to chop off your head like this. And uh, Toby mimics it and puts his head in his shell. And every time he does it, he talks from inside his shell and it's an echo. Yeah. It's great. And so uh, they say to Toby, you've got to take the oath because Skippy's going to go sneak in to try to get the arrow back. Did you write down the oath? I did not. Uh, But it's no tattling essentially is what the oath is. Spider snakes in the lizard head. If I tattletale, I'll die till I'm dead. I think that's or, it. Yeah, or, or I'll keep something like that. Yeah. It's I'll die till I'm dead. It is. I think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure because they they yell at him and he kind of goes back into his shell okay. to say it. Uh, so then Skippy sneaks in, and my thought here because eventually all the children sneak in. Those bars are so wide; they're keeping no animals out. So I don't know who they're supposed to keep out. Maybe adults. I don't know. Maybe, but I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like the, that the barred door is not doing its job. Um, uh, but Skippy sneaks in and Lady Cluck and Maid Marian are playing badminton. And did you look up when badminton originated? Badminton was inven- invented in the mid-19th century. So this is, okay. you know, not the fact that they're anthropomorphic animals standing <laughs> up. This is things to me out. But I want to say this, they seem, and this whole scene was so delightful to me this time. It's, it's, they're having so much fun and the actors sound like they're having mm-hmm. so much fun and the characters are drawn like they're kind. And this is just the, the, the emotion that I get from this movie that makes me so happy is this. I mean, there's some parts where there's some more sadder parts, but this is, this is just so much fun. It's, it's so genuine fun. Yeah. And it's joyful. And this is where we also see that Maid Marian is very kind. So 
her and Robin Hood being matched up, besides the fact that they've They're known the each other. Foxes. Yeah, and they've known each other since they were kids. But they both show this kindness to children and kindness to others, which I really like a lot. And so uh, as Skippy sneaks in, he goes to grab the arrow at the same time um, when I think it's Lady Cluck or Marion. One of them is grabbing the Batman. What is that called? Racket? No. Oh, the the, the, the called a shuttlecock. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they invite. I think birdie is also a correct term. Oh, okay. They invite. I don't know why I said that. I don't know any. My, like I'm no expert in 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 badminton. That was literally just me having a confidence I did not earn. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Maid Marian sees that there's more children, and this is where she invites them all in, and they all walk through the bars. They walk right through the gate, and they. T- she talks about how her and Robin Hood were sweethearts uh, when they were growing up and that he carved their initials on the tree. And so you see the tree in this courtyard and Toby said he's scared of Prince. They they start kind of insinuating that uh, uh, what's what's the kid? Skippy. Skippy is actually robin hood and he says something about it. he's like well aren't you afraid of prince john he's like i'm not afraid of prince john and then toby like receives and shows i'm afraid of prince john yeah and, and then his, his eye, eye comes out his armhole yes. like looks he's like he's cranky yeah <laughs> and so then skippy starts fighting with cluck and cluck is impersonating prince john so and she gets Skippy's hit and she robin sucks her hood. thumb yeah and so she's making fun of prince john and her death scene is so funny when she pretends to die when they're fighting there's a lot of talk of death in this i i, I was kind of uh pinging in on it this time i don't know you know for you parents out there if that's something you want to think about but we should talk about it more when they're all in jail and when they're i think that's the darker part okay of the movie. all right but i agree with you that there might be some moments but again it may not be a big deal i don't know but those would be the moments that kind of flagged it for me i don't necessarily know about here but um marion winds up kissing skippy and uh all the kids are kind of poking fun at him that he's he's kissing Maid Marian. And then it cuts to Maid Marian in the tower dancing with Cluck knitting. And this is where the wanted poster is. And she's kind of fawning over it. And she's not sure if he still loves her. And she's hoping that that's the case. And so they start talking about her being in love with Robin Hood and hoping that it, he feels the same. And then she mentions that King Richard is her uncle. And then I had Ryan pause the movie so we could go into this because <laughs> there were several questions. One, Ryan brought up that He's a lion. It's, it's got to be a, a term of endearment. Yeah, not but a then real. also, I was like, so then she's marrying her uncle's brother because I thought Prince John was after her, but in this version, he's not. He's not fawning for her. He's just, I guess, caring for her. And it's interesting. While Richard is away, I guess. I feel like in the other versions, he's not. The only reason he wants to marry her. So in Prince or of. Or is it, is it Sheriff of Nottingham that's more well, fawning in, over. Well, in, in Prince of Thieves, they don't have. Prince John. And Sheriff of Nottingham, I think, is falling for Marion and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes. Well, yes. Because, I, and again, I think that's because it's it's based a little bit off of Prince of Thieves. Yeah. And I think the idea there is he's trying to secure his claim to the throne. Yeah. So we kind of just talk through it because... That's, that's not the situation here. There's no romantic no. interest between them, between Prince John and... Or, or not even just romantic interest. There's no... There, There's that, no that's, interest. That yeah. plot isn't there. He, she just seems like his ward or something. Yeah. So then it cuts to Robin Hood and Little John doing laundry. Did it again. 
Every time you say Robin Hood, Little John, I just dead. The song starts hitting yeah. my head. So they're doing laundry, and uh, Robin Hood is daydreaming and winds up burning the food, and it's boiling because he's daydreaming about Maid Marian. And when Little John's doing the laundry, I had two observations. One, <laughs> all the clothing changes. Like, from one shot to the next, the clothing colors are different. And then Robin Hood is hanging up sheets instead of clothing, which... That's fine. But they always wear the same clothes, I guess, unless they're disguises. Yeah, it's got to be all their disguises. I guess be made that that was their disguises. <laughs> uh, so it's like I had this all running through my head as I was watching it. But then Friar Tuck appears and he goes to eat. And I don't know if it was hot or just bad, but he starts to sweat. So I don't know if the food was spicy or if it wasn't good, but he I starts think, to tear up and sweat. I think Little John... It. Little John puts a lot of some spice on it. I think it's probably pepper. There seems to be this thing in Disney movies where like pepper equals like heat in a way. I don't know. But yeah, he put something on it before then. Yeah. So uh, this is when Friar Tuck comes in to let them know about the archery tournament. And uh, this is the first time we hear them talk or refer to the Sheriff of Nottingham as Bushel Britches. And they refer to him as that a couple different times, which I just thought was funny. And this is when Robin Hood finds out that Maid Marian will give a kiss to the winner. So then it cuts to the elephant sounding the trumpets at the tournament. So now we're at the tournament and the kids are marching along with the other animals. And you mentioned you loved seeing the tree. There's a tree that it's like the poor, the the cheap seats and they're all in different branches watching the thing. Yeah. And so then it cuts to Hiss and Prince John, and Prince John reveals that this is his plan to catch Robin Hood. And Hiss, again, stroking his ego, is saying, what a genius plan this is. And then Hiss is sitting nice and tall, and then Prince John says, no one sits higher than the king. So I just like that whole bit between the two of them. And then Robin Hood and Little John, they come in, and these are my favorite disguises, I think, that they wear. I really like these two disguises a lot. I like... Little John's uh, fortune teller outfit better. I do. Mm. I do love how Robin Hood just transforms into a bird. Yes, and I like that he's on stilts. I think that part's fun. So the goal here is that they not only have to fool Prince John, but they have to fool the sheriff, like with these disguises, you know, because nothing gets past the sheriff. And Robin Hood is so bold and goes right up and shakes the sheriff's hand and well, introduces they, himself. Yeah, they almost have a friendly rivalry of like, I, my, I'm going to be able to fool more people with my costume than yours. Yeah. And then Lil John's like, well, I'm going right up to Prince John. Exactly, yeah. So he PJ. goes right up to, and calls him PJ. Yeah. His, of course, is suspicious. And he's Sir Reginald Duke of Chutney is uh, Little John's name. And... He winds up sitting on Hiss, and Hiss breaks the fourth wall here, we noticed. And you noticed that, that he stares right at the camera. Isn't that what that's called? Well, it's interesting, because I did say he stared at the camera, but there's not a camera. They're not filming oh, it. Oh, I guess like, that's I guess there point. is, because they had to take a picture, but it's just... But he stares at the yeah, audience, Yeah, yeah, he guess. breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Then Prince John winds up sending Hiss out to find Robin Hood. He's kind of getting annoyed with him and he's making fun of him about like who needs a court gesture when Hiss is around and little John's character is kind of poking fun at Hiss. And so he sends Hiss out and Friar and Alan and Dale follow Hiss because they think he's up to something. Mm. So then this comes uh, with all the archers marching in. And I like this because all the archers, 
have their own character, which I think is kind of cool. Like they're all yeah. so animated I, very individually. When you said that, I thought about the wolf archers, but you mean the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The archers for the tournament, yeah. It's a fun scene. Yeah, and then Hiss is in his balloon. Uh, he's in a like a vendor is selling balloons, and you realize he's putting his head into the balloon so he can float and kind of look up, look over all of the. And then he does his tail tournament. like a propeller, so he's just kind of like. Yeah, he's just kind of floating <laughs> along, and it happens throughout. It happens throughout this whole sequence. So Marion and Cleck are now in the box with Prince John and Little John, and Robin Hood comes up and introduces himself and gives her a flower, and then they kind of like make eye contact, and so she realizes with seeing his eyes, just his eyes past the beak. Yeah, and so then the crocodile brings in the golden arrow, and then this is when I recognize the crocodile's voice from Sleeping Beauty because he's one of the voices of the minions of Maleficent, but he's also the voice the chief in Peter Pan. Yeah. And it's a very distinct voice when you hear it. And so, um, Prince John, this one I noticed for the first time, Prince John is not wearing any rings, but he was wearing rings in the previous thing. So his rings keep going on and off his hands in this whole sequence. Uh, And Hiss then figures out as he's been floating that that's Robin Hood uh, impersonating the stork. Well, he looks up his, so he keeps bragging to the, the, the sheriff and the sheriff's like, if you're half as good as you say you are, you're better than Robin Hood. He's like, Robin Hood, oh, I'm not that good. And then, like, he says, he's scared of me. He won't, I, I catch him a mile away. And then yeah. Hiss is, like, looking up his, his not his dress, but, like, his tunic. Mm-hmm. And it clearly, you just see, I, I, we talked about this, how it's funny that Robin is on stilts, like, to yeah. do this, so. So, yeah, when he does that, Alan, Adele, and Fryer, uh, Wind, Friar Tuck wind up capturing Hiss and they put him in an ale barrel and Hiss says, I don't drink. And yeah. they like plug the ale barrel up. And then it gets down to the final contestant. So we're watching all the archers shoot and it winds up being Sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood. And of course the sheriff cheats. Like the guy who's moving the target jumps up so his arrow gets through and then he kind of like trips Robin Hood when he goes to shoot. He right? punts the bottom of his bow so it shoots oh, high that's what it is. and then robin hood pulls out another arrow and shoots it so it intercepts the first arrow and sends the first arrow back to hit a bullseye and then splits the sheriff's yes. arrow so his is the only one in the bullseye and uh when he's bowing i think to the box he winds up going up to the box and talking to maid marian and he's presented with the golden arrow that's when prince john comes through with his sword and like it looks like he's going to knight him and he slits the back of his uh outfit and reveals that it's robin hood now tara this whole time was wondering because this outfit's pretty great but she wonders why does he have bird hands yeah he has he has lady cluck arms and feathers and And so this is when we were like well maybe this will reveal it no we can't tell no when his tunic gets ripped the feathers just fall but then you see the stilts which i think that's a good bit at Mm -hmm. least so this is when prince john says you know capture him and sentences him to death and Maid Marian begs him to spare his life because she loves him so much. And he kind of just ignores it. Like, he hears her out, but he's like, he says something about treason or something, treason to the he crown says, or something he says, like your, that. He says, your pleas have not fallen on a an unkind heart, but traitors to the crown must be executed something like that and and that's when robin hood's like traitors to the crown you're not the king yeah and starts the king richard chant yeah and And, then then he has a tantrum yeah then he starts pounding pouting that he's the king and then he says off with his head which reminded me of the queen of hearts a little bit and so then little john 
pulls Prince John's collar, so you can't see it, but it's he's like is behind the box. And Be- behind the box is a curtain, and he's yeah. through the curtain, grabbed his collar. He's got a knife to his back, mm-hmm. and he's asking him to let Robin Hood go. And <laughs> tell so- him to let my buddy go, <laughs> Sheriff. Release my buddy. Yeah. Release the yeah. prisoner. And so Marion and Robin Hood embrace at this point, and then the sheriff realizes something fishy is going on, and he goes back to the back of the box and sees Prince John, sees Little John. I'm ugh. sees Little John, <laughs> and then everyone kind of goes after Robin Hood, and it's like this whole scene of this whole big chase. And I love that Lady Cluck gets in on the fight, and she has so much agency here, like. She's, not only standing she's a up, spitfire. Yeah, not only standing up for herself, but standing up for, you know, she believes in Robin Hood. And she also, um, at the end of this whole sequence, says, you know, hail Prince or King Richard or yeah. whatever. But at this point, Robin Hood proposes to marry him with like a flower ring. Like there's a lot of things going on here. <laughs> and then this is when the electric guitars, you wanted to talk a little bit about the instrumentation. So this is George Brun's last Disney movie. And... There is so much in this scene and another scene. There's a lot of electric guitar. It's got a real rock and roll beat. I love the music. I think it's got country. It's got rock. It's 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 very modern, especially considering it's an an in the fairy tale realm of other Disney movies. And yeah. I just I this whole music. Like, this is my favorite, not my favorite musical number, but it's like my favorite score is this scene. Yeah. Also included in this score. When there's speaking of score, haha, there's a, that's a little bit of a pun. Um, there's a scene where Lady Cluck starts taking on the uh, Rhino guards as if she's a, a, football, a, a football player, player yeah. and they start playing the USC and I believe fight song, and then maybe incorporate a little bit of the Wisconsin fight song is what I saw. Mm-hmm. But I just think that I, I think it's funny. I can see how someone would think it's cheesy, but like I'm I enjoyed it. it. I like this whole sequence. And again, it kind of shows her holding her own. Like she's not waiting for somebody to come save her. Yes. Uh, and then this is when it cuts back to Hiss in the ale barrel and he's drunk and he winds up calling Prince John PJ here. Yes. Uh, and then it cuts to well, Prince John is goes to attack Robin Hood and Robin Hood knocks his sword away and Prince John is immediately like don't hurt me don't hurt me. And like yeah. crawls and hides behind that ale, barrel, ale barrel and then mm-hmm. later realizes this is because he goes hiss where are you he's like coming yeah <laughs> and so then it cuts to the song love which I think this is like the part in the movie where if you were looking to shave down a few minutes. I know you said you want to see them like romantically involved, but like I kind of was bored during this scene. But it's a whole that's interesting love montage. I feel like these are the scenes that typically bore me the most. Like if I can get through, can you can you feel the love tonight? Like see, I like can you feel the love tonight? It's a better, better than song. This. It's objectively yeah. a better song. But this is so short. It's my thing is more of there's not enough substance here for this to be an Academy Award nominated song. It's so short, and there's so many other better songs in this. That yes, yeah. I agree. I liked the scene. The this music was fine, and it to me it was short enough that it didn't detract because we did get a quiet moment for them, which is immediately they're like like they're gonna get some makeout time, and, and then, then the friar friar comes tuck in. Yeah. Uh, once again religion gets in the way of a little 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 love <laughs> love time. I guess so. <laughs> uh, but he comes in with the mice and all the other animals and they're celebrating and okay. then this is when little John So I wanted to talk about the mice. I'm sorry, the specific scene where you said the mice come in. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, that's okay. But um th- those mice have not made an appearance in this movie. So as far as you know, all of a sudden we're just revealed that two mice live in 
Friar Tuck's clothes yeah. and climb out of his head. And I, like they play a bigger part in the movie later. So if you've seen it before, like you're like, oh, there they are. Yeah. But I think if you hadn't seen it, it's like, who are these characters and why yeah. are they crawling out of another character's clothes? Yeah. It's odd. I didn't look at it as they were crawling out of his clothes, more of like that's how he's their mode of transportation. Because he's gonna cover more ground. Yeah. But uh, but this is when Little John has the loot, and so he kind of takes over as the narrator for a little bit here as he starts singing the phony king of England instead of it being Alan Adale. And so all the animals are dancing and singing. And so this is a whole other sequence that you really need to watch. And this is the video that Ryan was referring to where uh, some of the recycled animation happens. So I really think you should just watch that instead of us describing it here because it's a great scene. It's my favorite song, but... I feel like there's too much going on to sit and like talk about it word for word. This is one of the songs. This and Love, I believe, are the ones that weren't written by Roger Miller, which I didn't realize Roger Miller had written the song. Oh, interesting. But not Nottingham and, and Oodalali, and I think maybe another one mm. were Roger Miller written songs. Yeah. So then it cuts to the castle, and the Sheriff of Nottingham is singing the phony King of England as he's, like, bringing money to Hiss for the taxes. And Hiss starts laughing, and they're both laughing and singing. And uh, I love that Hiss wants to get in on it, and he hums to try to find his starting note. And he winds up starting so much lower than his speaking voice. It's so much lower than his speaking voice. And then, of course, Prince John hears it, and uh, Hiss changes the words to boost prince john's ego and then sheriff the sheriff Nottingham. doesn't see prince john. yeah and he's like that's not right those aren't the words and then prince john winds up throwing what we think was wine a decanter of a wine, decanter I think. Of wine which i love that he's just wandering around the castle with a cup and a, a decanter yeah. of wine like <laughs> i mean i would be what else would you really be doing uh so then he calls to triple the taxes when he finds out that he's being made fun of by everybody and if they can't pay then we're gonna jail them and it cuts to a rainy night and uh, we cut to the friar talking about taxing the heart and soul of the people. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not the friar yet. It's Alan Adale who's he's, narrating. He's narrating, and it's a wide shot of Nottingham, but then you realize he's narrating yes, from he says, prison. I'm he's, in here, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right, folks. <laughs> so he says, tax the heart and soul of the people, and then if he's the one who tells us if they can't pay, they go to jail. And he says, that's right, I'm in here, too. And so then you see all the families in jail. And this is the part that I was referring to that I think is really sad. Alan Adale sings this song and you see everybody chained up. And so I could see how that could be kind of sad as well as when they call for Friar Tuck to be hanged. Well, I think that I'm talking a little bit more about inappropriate for young children. I mean, maybe this is too sad, but I, I don't know. This 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 part seemed melancholy and it seemed like it needed to be there for there to be happiness yeah later. i agree with that yeah i'm but, not saying cut it out but yeah i agree with you though the the we're gonna hang friar tuck is a little evocative it's just a little intense yeah uh so then it cuts to friar tuck and he's ringing the bell and you had a fact about the bell it's a real bell i think it's done very similar to the way they did the cars in 101 dalmatians but that's yeah. a rotoscoped real bell and so the mouse is playing the organ so this is where we see the mice again well he's playing it with his hands and his feet which i find very endearing yeah and so you know the the mouse talks about keeping hope alive and um i think this is the the, the female mouse talks about keeping hope alive mother and father mother and father and to. mother's voice is meriwether from meriwether and lady and so the mice wind up well, well you forgot about what father's voice is who that is oh piglet yeah yeah and so the mice wind up giving their last coin 
to she like gets it out from under the bed, you know, in her in their little home. In and it's church. about the size of their mattress. Yeah, and so she gives it to Friar Tuck, and this is when he puts it in the poor box, and I'm like, you really should be hiding that somewhere else. And so uh, Sheriff comes in, and he winds up just opening the poor box and taking it, and this is where Friar Tuck kind of loses it. He's kind of done with the sheriff, and he's done with how, you know, how this is affecting his people and the people he serves. Uh, and that's, I guess, keeping the hopes alive. That is them playing the music. I was mm-hmm. wondering where that note was from. So Friar Tuck was basically like, maybe they'll hear the bells. Maybe that will uplift them. And then the sheriff comes in and ruins all this. And it kind of like Friar Tuck kind of snaps here. And he's I, just over it. I like Friar Tuck as a fighting friar. Like, I think that's what's yeah. interesting as a character. And there's a... There's a his character in Prince of Thieves kind of does that in some scenes where when they first try to rob him, he like yeah. fights back to everybody. And then he ends up fighting like the, the, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The corrupted abbot at the end of mm-hmm. it. But I, and I, re- I really like what Friar Tuck does this. I also really like the animation where he throws his arms around and his sleeves. He's got those big sleeves. Yeah. Go. That's a really cool animation there. And I really like it. Well, and he, he kicks him out of the church and he fights him. He belly him. butts yeah, him out Yeah, and of the he, he bumps him out with his belly and it, uh, and then it cuts back to Alan Adale's, um, well, that the gets ups intense. and downs song. Not Nottingham is what that's called. Cause it's oh, like, okay. Yeah, you know. I think that scene was pretty intense, too, when they actually... Once they're out and they're fighting in the rain, and yeah. Friar Tuck is just hitting them with his his, his staff, and mm-hmm. then he kind of, they get the best of them, and they drag them out. That's a very intense, te- intense scene. Yeah, and it cuts to... After that all happens, and it's like you're really feeling what everyone is feeling with these, mm-hmm. these increase in taxes, and it cuts back to Hiss and Prince John, and the money is all around. There's sacks and sacks of money all around, and Prince John is gritting his teeth. He's miserable, and Hiss is trying to cheer him up, and, you know, he talks about how Sheriff of Nottingham has got Friar Tuck in jail. And at first, Prince John's like, I don't want him. I want Robin Hood. Like, I need you to get me Robin Hood. And then he comes up with a plan to use the fat friar, is what he says, uh, to catch Robin Hood. And this is another one where he insults Hiss and calls him a reluctant reptile. So this is another alliteration. I didn't know you were... Like I found t- that really interesting. Track of these. Yeah, yeah, I found it interesting that they procrastinating kept... python is one that's I later that, that written, I thought not, yeah, was I've so. Yeah, I've got that one written down because there was there's nothing to create. He procrastinates, but it was still is a good yeah. alliteration. So then this is when we're introduced to the buzzards, and it's Trigger and Nutsy, and they're testing out the noose. So this is kind of the other kind of dark part is them testing out the noose. The comedy is them testing the trap door, and then the sheriff kind of gets stuck in the trap door. And Robin Hood appears again as the blind man playing dumb and trying to ask what's going on. And so uh, they talk about how they're getting the noose ready for Friar Tuck. And that's when he realized that Friar Tuck um, is going to be hung the next morning. And then one of the buzzards give away that it may be a double hanging. Nutsy. Yeah. And so that's what kind of tips Robin Hood off. And so they plan the jailbreak. So Robin Hood and Little John sneak in. And there's this whole bit back and forth between Nutsy and Trigger and the sheriff. And uh, Robin Hood and Little John try to get Nutsy. And then he's, the clock chimes and he screams, one o'clock, all is well. Which is funny because I think they make a comment about him being late. But when they show the clock, it's three. Yeah. I think it chimes three times. And I think the sheriff says something about yeah. his time being off or something like that. And uh, then... 
they go into Trigger, who has old Betsy, which is his bow and arrow. That's, I guess, a crossbow. A crossbow. And he goes, don't worry, Sheriff. Safety's on old Betsy. And then he almost hits the Sheriff with it. And so this bit is reoccurring a little bit. So I love how Little John scoops up Nutsy. And when Robin Hood, we forgot to mention, he also <laughs> is disguised as Nutsy. Nutsy, so that's a fourth a one, as yeah. Well. So when he becomes Nutsy, he puts his cape over him, but then he uses a sock over his Like a like, sock snout. with like a red toe. Yeah, that makes it look like the buzzard's beak. And this is another phrase that Sheriff of Nottingham repeats a lot, which is crime in Italy. Is I just noticed that that's like a common phrase he says a lot. And so he keeps getting on it, the buzzards. It feels familiar to me, but I don't know if that's because it's from this or yeah. like... And he keeps getting on the buzzards about, like, waking him up and they're not going to sneak in and, you know, like, kind of not believing what the buzzards are saying along the way. And so Robin Hood winds up getting the sheriff cozy as Nutsy and sings him to sleep and says, a Sandman's a coming and starts <laughs> singing Rockabye Sheriff. And he winds up stealing the keys and unlocking the cell. So that's a whole nother, like, physical sequence between the two of them. And then Little John comes in and slams the door because he's going to free everybody. And as he closes the door, uh, then Nutsy and Trigger wake up again and, you know, they think something's wrong and then they don't see anything. So then they kind of just go back to whatever. So as Little John is going to release everyone, Robin Hood heads up to Prince John where he's sleeping with all the money and hisses in a baby cradle, which I found interesting. <laughs> I uh, never have thought about that before. Like, obviously I knew he was, but I've never thought about it being yeah, odd. Which also gave me the argument of him being more of a sidekick. Like, I feel like the way Prince John treats him. He's inf infantilized. Yeah, which Prince John is as well, too. But, uh, so he shoots the arrow to Little John with a rope on it and then Little, in the prison, and then Little John shoots it back to him and you find out that it's this whole pulley system and he's tying each bag of money on the rope and they're pulling it down into the jail cells. It's interesting. I've never thought about this before, but it, came up on this uh watch through why like why I, other than just robin hood steals from the rich like the point of this mission is to get everybody out why are we stealing all i guess they didn't know king richard was coming back so no they didn't and they say that later that king richard winds up saving them all without realizing you know cause they right know but it's still back. like i i just think it's 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 I think Robin Hood can't help himself because you yeah. see this later on. So basically what happens is, is little John is, or little John, Prince John is dreaming and his is tickling his foot and there's this whole back and forth there. And you see that, um, all the prisoners have the money and there's this part where, uh, little John dresses as the sheriff to fool the buzzards. Briefly, like the sheriff wakes up and little John grabs him and then, Quickly jumps back out and he's wearing all the sheriff's clothing. Yeah. Because again, they're very similar they're size. Similar so then. And everyone's sneaking out here. Yeah. But this is the part where I wanted to say Robin Hood can't help himself because he wants to get every bag and he realized there's one bag left and it's behind Prince John's pillow. Like he could have very easily just left then. Mm -hmm. Left Prince John sleeping, left that one bag. But I feel like if anything is his flaw or his downfall, he truly can't help himself. And he's he wants... got pride. He's got to stick it to yeah. Prince John. And so he tries to get it and he hiss winds up waking up. And so it's this whole other back and forth. Uh, and Prince John just keeps screaming, 
put him in jail and it's like that whole sequence and guards my gold like that's another thing he keeps screaming Mm -hmm. and so it's this whole sequence of back and forth of trying to capture robin hood and then they're all in the cart that little john is carrying this ain't no hayride yeah and he's carrying all the town's people but town's animals away and this is when the mom calls out my baby and you realize the baby rabbit the mom rabbit calls out for her baby who's been left behind and so robin hood goes back to get him and then when robin hood goes back him? to him is that a him or a her oh i don't know maybe it's a her i don't know i don't know i've never thought of i always thought it was two daughters and a and a and the boy rabbit oh it could be huh. i mean there he the baby is not portrayed one way or the other so i guess it could be let's find out but um does i guess robin hood gives the baby to them and then sheriff of Nottingham starts chasing Robin Hood everywhere and chases him into the castle with well, fire. The, the the portcullis closes and he can hand the baby through. Oh, that's through. what happens. That's what happens. Yeah. I couldn't remember. So then there's fire everywhere and then this, it kind of gets really intense here because there's fire everywhere and Robin Hood is trying to avoid it and he climbs to the top of the tower and even the roof of the tower is on fire and he winds up jumping into the moat. And so Hiss and Prince John are looking from above trying to see if he made it or not. And all these arrows shoot into the water. And all of a sudden, there are no bubbles anymore of him breathing. And there's an arrow in his hat. So Hiss and Prince John start rejoicing. And Little John, this this is where it gets sad. Because it's a similar situation to where you think Blue dies. Mm-hmm. To where it's, it's not as long as the Blue sequence. I think you think for longer that Blue is not um, alive anymore. But... Here, Little John gets really teary and Skippy, the rabbit, asks him, you know, he's going to be okay, right? Like, where is he? He's going to be okay. And they're both very teary-eyed. And then all of a sudden, Skippy sees the bamboo in the water and the water blows, the bamboo blows water into Little John's face and he realizes that it's Robin Hood and everything's okay. Yeah, it's a breathing tube so he can stay underwater long. Yeah. And so Hiss sees that he lives and... Then he's like, and look what you've done, sire. Now your mother's castle's on fire. And so this is when Prince John starts saying a lot more. um, He's picking on Hiss and he says, a cowardly cobra, a procrastinating python. And he does a couple others. He chases Hiss into the building that is on fire, into the the tower, the the wing or whatever. And when I was a kid, he chases him and it like repeats uh i keep wanting to call him hit caw instead of hiss it repeats hiss's like last words like he's stark raving mad 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 and i remember when i was a kid that used to scare me like yeah. maybe not scare me but made me kind of anxious and i thought like they died mm-hmm. so yeah it, the way that they ended it you almost feel like you're never going to see them again but we do see them again so then it cuts to alan adale and he's singing again and we hear that Robin Hood has been pardoned by King Richard, that King Richard has come back. And we see the sign that says that he's been pardoned along which, the way. Which is over the wanted sign, which I said, why not just take down the wanted sign? Why would you put something up over there? Yeah, I guess. And then I, my thought was, it, I guess it just notifies everyone that he's no longer wanted. I don't know. I mean, it's more visual for a movie, yeah. but yeah. So then you see all three in the jail jumpsuits. So you see Sir Hiss, you see the Sheriff of Nottingham, and you see uh, Prince John all in the jumpsuits. And then you hear wedding bells in the distance. And Robin Hood and Maid Marian are getting married. 
And then you see King Richard. So we actually do get to see King Richard. Voiced also by Peter Ustinov. Who's Prince John's voice. And uh, he says, I have an outlaw for an in-law. And everyone laughs. And they all see them off. And Nutsy and Trigger announce, here comes the bride. Uh, And, of course, Betsy, his... uh, Crossbow. Crossbow. I can't (laughs) think of that word. His crossbow, of course, releases on accident, and the arrow hits the heart on the just married sign on their carriage, and that's kind of the closing of the film. Well, Little John is driving the carriage, and Little John is still dressed up as the Duke, which I thought was weird. Oh, yeah. Like, that's oh, I mean, the he only... got dressed up again. Yes. Because he's the Duke at the tournament. Right, right. Not so, still dressed up. Yeah. But uh, and then the other bit, too, of Skippy going off, because he's like, well, they're going to have kids, and someone's going to have to look after the kids. So Skippy yeah. the rabbit joins, and that's kind of where it ends. Um, all right, so here are our questions. How okay. was the princess? How was Robin Hood? We're calling him the princess. The princess is typically the the protagonist. Okay, he he was good. I, I feel like he didn't. I feel like he didn't go anywhere, and yeah. it was like he he was the same from the start of the movie to the end of the movie. I think he's incredibly charming, but I agree. I think I you know, I think he does a better go- job of being like kind of a plain charming hero than Thomas J O'Malley did. But I, I, I agree. He doesn't really have I much I think of an what art. I like about Thomas J. O'Malley is he's so caring of those kittens. Well, you said... Uh, yeah, Robin Hood is, also... but I feel like he's more of a fatherly figure. Which he's the also story not... isn't written that way, yeah. so that's different, but yeah. Um, how was the prince, which I guess would be Maid Marian? Both of them, I thought, were very kind, and I don't remember... I don't remember liking Maid Marian as much before, but this time I liked how nice she was to the kids. I like that she was nice to the kids, and she was fine. I didn't have anything for her against her. Mm-hmm. Uh, side characters. I love Lady Cluck. She's fantastic. Little John, again, like, yeah. I think Baloo has outdone him in my book, but, um, yeah, uh, other side characters. We've talked about Ka, we've talked about, I really like the Sir sheriff. Sir Hiss, and, yeah. Sir Hiss, gosh. Darn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the Sheriff of Nottingham. Mostly I just love his voice. Yeah. So are we counting him as a villain? Are we counting him as a villain? I thought we were. Well, but you're we'll talking go- about him as a sidekick. So well, that's then why we'll, I wanted to ask. Well, then we'll skip that. Never mind. Okay. Um, favorite musical number? I love The Phony King of England. It's my favorite, I think. I do too. I think Uda Lolly wins out just because it's such an earworm to me. Like yeah. Like I whistle that all the time and whatever. Um, how does it hold up? Uh, female character agency. We really liked Lady Cluck. Made there weren't a lot of other. There were well, there was the mom rabbit. Again, there was Maid Marian, the sister. There was the mother mouse. Yeah, so there were other female characters, but I think the one who has the most agency is Lady Cluck. Yeah, I think she's the most interesting too. Yeah. Um, drinking and smoking, not really smoking. Just the There's ale some, barrel. The ale bit was yeah. Yeah. Uh, ethnic representation. They're all animals, and there's I think they do a good job of thank God not drawing a animal stereotype of a of a race for once. Yeah. Um, but there's also no, there, I don't think there's a single black actor in this movie. So yeah, there's that to consider. But from like a, a movie facing side, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Guns and firearms. Boy, do they just shoot bows all the time. Yeah, the bows and arrows like, are everywhere, but there's no guns. There's parts where like literally Prince John gets shot in the butt and it just bounces off. And I'm like, boy, we're really undermining that these well, are and, dangerous weapons. And we're, the arrows just, point, they, they, Pluck, not pluck. Um, the point, the tip of the arrow just like 
boink. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like not, I don't want to say stab, but it's like you point it at them and it's like, ouch. And then it, it's almost like a needle. It never prick. pierces anything. Yeah. It's like so a pinprick. No, yeah. I, it's not. I, I think if we're trying look, to think how to describe that. But. Well, I think if we're looking at it from a little kid watching it, there's an issue with like them going, oh, these things don't hurt anybody. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, yeah, so I think that's it. Uh, let's now go do the villains. So first off, we'll start kind of, in my opinion, like second and go back. So we'll start with the sheriff. Okay. Uh, frightening. I think he was a three. Oh, that's a good point because, yeah, that last scene with the fire. I think he's a, a three on the frightening scale because I think when he's coming to collect the money, he's kind of charming, but he's at the end of the day, like he's controlling their lives. Like when yeah. he's taking their money away and the fire scene is, is scary to me. I think I'm still going to give him a two because uh, I, the other part doesn't really scare me so much, but the fire scene definitely yeah. was, was kind of intimidating at the end. Um, it's still a little less intimidating because if you look at him, his buttons aren't buttoning all the way and some of his skin's poking out. So he's kind of like goofy looking mm-hmm. when he does that. But uh, funny, I I like him. I think he's charming. I won't give him a three. Uh, I think I'm gonna do the same. Okay, fierce. No, I'm giving him a one. Same, effective. I mean, he is really good at finding out where the money. Yeah, is. I'm gonna give him a four. Like he always sniffs out the money. Like no matter where it is, and he's really sly about when Robin Hood is the blind man. He steals more money from him. I th- I think I'm gonna give him a three because he tends to miss Robin's outfits and he doesn't ever capture robin but i give him i you know that three is a solid but he three he does also find print he does find little john i feel yeah. like yeah so that's, i'm gonna stick with a four that's fine uh design i think i i love him i think i give him a four on design because i like i like the idea of a fat wolf like yeah. it's it's novel to me and i think that's interesting i'm gonna give him a three okay go away heat one one yeah i think i i love him i i you know i'm a big uh robin hood mark but there mm-hmm. there we go uh yes factor uh i give him like a, a a three or a four i think i'm gonna give him a two really you, yeah you, i like i can kind of you don't have fine. the nostalgia no, that i do so i don't have the connection so i think i'm gonna give him a four. i'm gonna give him a four no i'm gonna give him a three you just said how much you love him if you want to give him a four give i him just a four. I, I don't know if i love him as much as i love this movie okay so i think a three is a good a good guess okay so we've got We've got something for him. Now let's look at Prince John. Frightening. I would give him... Sometimes he gets very scary. I don't think he's ever scary. There's just parts where he's screaming at Hiss. And like the part at the end where he's chasing him really... I mean, I just have a little bit more not nostalgia. But like I remember when I was a kid, that scared me. So I'm giving him a three. I'm giving him a two. Okay. I don't find him very you scary. Can get, well, you can give him a one if you want to. But I'm just... Yeah, I'm gonna give him a one. Okay. I don't find him scary. I think there's parts where he his temper like makes me a little nervous. Funny, I I think he's a five. He's funny. I'm gonna give him a four. I laugh. But he is very. Funny. I think you're gonna. I, I love the inflection of his voice a yes. lot. Like part of the comedic aspect to him is the way that the voice actor is saying his lines yes. and the delivery. Um, but yeah, I enjoy him. I fierce of one because I think he's designed to not be fierce. Yeah. There we go. Sorry. I think I think his whole point is to yeah. He's they they've he's supposed to be infantile. Like they they've designed him to be a fool. Uh, effective. I think he's less effective than the sheriff. Uh, he's, yeah, two. he's less effective. He never. The only thing he is effective at is his plan to catch Robin Hood. 
he knows that that's Robin Hood as the Stark. Yeah. And so they do capture him. He just gets free. Yeah. But I, but that's not even Prince John capturing him. That's all of his guards capturing him. But the plan is solid. And the same plan with Friar Tuck, he doesn't succeed at it. But like those two plans he has are pretty solid. I guess, what did you give him? I gave him a two. Yeah, I guess I'll give him a two. You can, you can give him a one. I if was you thinking think about giving him a three, but I think. I'll oh give him really? A two. Yeah. I I I think part of his charm is how bad he is at yeah. his job, so that's part of the reason. Um, design. I I want to give him a four. I think the idea for them to say we're specifically not going to give him a main because he's a he's like a beta mm-hmm. male. I think the way his his crown sometimes looks so big for his head, but other times sits nice. Like I I love him. I. He he's a he's a strong four to me. All right, I'm gonna give him a three. Okay. Uh, go away heat is one. I love every second. I could understand if you were kind of annoyed by him. I was I, never annoyed by him. I was more annoyed by the sheriff than I was him. So oh yeah. One. And then I really like Prince John, so I'm giving him a four. Yes, factor for me. I'm gonna give him a two. Like again, I don't really have a connection to this movie. I guess. Uh, let me give him a three. What did I give sheriff? Gave the sheriff a two. I'll give him a three then, because I do like him better than the sheriff. So yeah, so they are neck and neck. Sheriff has 17, and Prince John has 17.5. Oh, interesting. Which puts them right next to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, The sheriff is 15th, and Prince John is 14th. So who's above and below them? Right above them is the coachman from Pinocchio, and right below them is King Louis. How do you feel about that? I feel fine about it, but I don't have a super strong I think connection if, to them. I think if it was just based on my opinion, he'd be Prince John would be higher. Yeah. But I understand that this is this list isn't about me; it's about us. Yeah. And I think, and I think it's also like your tempering it makes it a little bit more objective. Mm. But yeah, I think it's actually pretty good. Like you know, look above my sea. There's the coachman, man. Like they're all characters that I think are more terrifying. Then we get to like. Chernabog from Fantasia and the Queen of Hearts. Yeah. And they're characters that I wouldn't necessarily put above Prince John, but like they're all a tight grouping. Like it's yeah. all within like two points of each other. Mm-hmm. So, and Shere Khan's above them, which is again, again, Shere Khan weirdly becoming my like dark yeah. horse. Um, but yeah, so there we go, guys. So yeah, guys, that's Robin Hood. Uh, I, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed mm-hmm. watching it. I love it so much. It continues. It's funny because I don't want to say it's fallen in my estimation, but I definitely feel like I'm looking through it through a more objective lens now. Rose glass, rose colored glasses, ro- or now you're not. Th- now it's less it. rose. I yeah. still love it, but like I under, I kind of understand the other side. But uh, next week we are doing uh, the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. A very, very interesting one because I didn't realize it's a, it's a package film. I'm excited for it. I think this is the one I grew up watching, but I have to. I'll remember it when we watch it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh